We all have areas in our life we might feel stuck or overwhelmed. So join me, Jenna Zint, habit coach, teacher, and follower of Jesus as we go after little bits of better by building offensively small habits that create big impact. This is the Habit Lab Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Habit Lab Episode 2. This is brand new things brewing over here. And um, before I dive into actually just dissecting like one of my habits, I wanted to talk about two things, two areas that I I dubbed the biggest splinters in your foot uh, on your path to change. So the the nuisances that I hear creep up for people that kind of... um, I think everybody has their own limiting beliefs that they've learned from pain and childhood and their personalities. So that's one thing. But these are two themes that I watch maybe have like a little look a little different, but like occur in most people, like most people I coach, and then had to work through them myself. So the two splinters in your foot for when you're going after change, I would say are perfectionism and then procrastination. And I am going to go after in this episode, we're going to talk a little bit more about perfectionism. Then in a future episode, we will talk about procrastination. But I actually had both, which is hilarious. I think it feels ironic to be able to be like, I had perfectionism yet strongly relied on procrastination. Like how, how in the world does that work? But um, what I've noticed in habits and behavior change is that perfectionism can actually kind of masquerade as excellence where it's this idea we're not starting until we can do things excellently, which of course, I think doing things high quality and excellently is a good aim. But I think it's almost like perfectionism is like side by side. And more often as I'm listening to people and even just being honest about my own process, I'm like, oh, at some point doing things well and excellently sidestepped into perfectionism. And when you're in perfectionism, you could like some telltale signs is that it doesn't feel safe to learn as you grow. That actually, as you learn, like the counter would be like valuing growth on the go or like learning on the go as you grow, because you're going to get really helpful information that if you just stay in planning prep mode to do things, you know, to launch or to take action, you're waiting to take action until you like really have it dialed in. I think um, more often with habits, it's like until you have the perfect plan or you've thought through all the potential hindrances or how you could do this well, it's like um, wanting to eat well and like diving really in, like I'm not going to start eating well until my pantry is totally like perfected or it's reorganized and I have all the healthy things visible and I'm going to order baskets and bins so that that's really done well. And then I'm going to get a perfect meal plan. And then I'm, you know, all these things that it's almost like you go too far into it before you're actually taking tiny change. And that's the whole point of what I'm going after is like little bits better. So perfectionism can make the it too, like the barrier to entry too high. So it's going to require bravery to take steps towards growing and becoming that person and that goal, because the bravery is that I might take a step now that with all the information I have seemed like a good enough step, but I might regret it in hindsight later. Like that was me. I'm like, oh, but what don't I know now? Like now that I'm going to wish I knew. So then I don't take a misstep. Like mistakes versus missteps was kind of a distinction for me. Like, oh, mistakes is usually like higher stakes, maybe involves other people, maybe involves some real pain. Missteps is like, oh, I just wish I would have done that in that order first. So instead of trying to avoid missteps or like what's the best plan or 
order or to roll out this new habit. I'm okay with taking action and then having to go back like, okay, I actually don't think this is the first step. I think before I vacuum my car on a weekly basis, I actually probably need to take the trash out of my car on a daily basis. So I'm going to go back. But perfectionism would be like, oh no, you should have thought of that beforehand. And now it's failing because you had to pivot. So kind of for me, a big part of going after like uprooting perfectionism was untangling having to pivot with failing. Like, oh no, actually, I'm still choosing to invest and grow in this area. It's okay that I didn't get it right with the perfect plan before I started. I'm going to get valuable information as I go after this. Um, Another thing, excellence versus perfectionism, is we lose grace for ourselves to be on a learning curve. I'm going to say it again. If you've lost grace for yourself to be on a learning curve, like if your head knows it, but your heart is annoyed, mad, feels more shame than you should as information comes up that you didn't know and you're learning to like learning as you go, that's an example. That's a good sign that perfectionism has creeped in. Um, If you're stuck in info collecting mode, if you're just gathering more information, if you're stuck in research and getting the best strategy and figuring out all the possible hindrances, you're probably um, changed your goal to perfectionism. Uh, You need to give yourself permission to beta test things. And it's funny because I think corporations do this all the time. Like, hey, we're going to do We're not going to roll out, like we're going to do stuff in the lab, but really to know where the flaws or the bugs are in this system that we have spent time and effort like building and being strategic about, we're going to have to get it out there so we can see what's not working. And we're going to do that on a small scale before we go on a big scale. And I actually do this a ton of things. Like before I started my habit course, before I had anybody paid, I invited five friends to do a book club so that I could figure out, like literally I was like, I've made a plan. I have a syllabus of what I want this to look like, but I don't, I cannot know how it's going to feel and what's going to hit people in different ways until I'm actually like testing it in real time. So I think some of us, and I get, I have other areas that I'm like, ah, I don't want to figure out as I grow what's working and what's not working and have a dud week where I'm not going to do that exercise because no one responded or resonated. It was powerful for me, but not for them. But the idea of like, oh my gosh, just like corporations do beta test. I always think like I can start small where I'm practicing, where either there's no fee or metaphorically or literally if you're doing business stuff, but like where the stakes are really low because I know I'm in beta testing mode where I'm collecting information. So excellence isn't the goal. It's actually part of planning for me and knowing that I will upgrade in the future, like upgrades will come. I realize that it's actually super important for me to like get some of these ideas off the ground. Like half the battle and the resistance is just getting them off the ground. I can make pivots and edits and and like do it more excellently as I get more information. I actually watch, I feel like I watch so many people, especially when I, you guys know that I had a business, waste so much time in, not waste time, that's an unjudgmental expression, but like they would, before they'd launch their business, they'd have these dialed in websites great business cards, beautiful branding. They'd have their brand identity. They'd have their business plan. They'd have like all these things, but they hadn't actually tested their product or demand or see if they can get in touch with the audience that wants what they have to offer. And they would spend all this time in preparation, but then once they launch, find out that no one, there was no demand for what they're offering. So like the idea of instead of doing a hundred percent of the prep work, like what if it, what does it look like to do 60 or 40% and then do a beta test and then know you'll grow in excellence as you grow in information, but like perfectionism keeps you until your plan's perfectly rolled out, like keeps you from starting. Um, also for me, knowing that it's lower stakes if the barrier to entry is lower. 
So if perfect isn't my goal for my new habits or new behavior, then it feels lower stakes for me to practice and to like take action than if I have unrealistic expectations of what my first step should look like. Um, I think with perfectionism in habits, it actually manifests often with idealism for solutions. So what this means, um, I'm going to skip ahead to my notes. Like, I think a lot of times we know that perfectionism and it's unhelpful on our journey. It's like whoever we're becoming or growing, even if we're not making habits, but with um, habits specifically, how it starts to creep in is when um, we get idealistic about our design for action. Maybe we no longer expect perf- perfect from us ourselves as as people, but we do when we perfectionism, when we're using it to draw our plans, I'm going to actually read my journal, <laughs> our plans, it more commonly pops up as idealism, which is equally as unhelpful because it tends us tends to have us make unrealistic strategies for our current seasons. We know what we, we know we can't expect ourselves to show up perfectly, yet we still expect to be able to create perfect plans, even if the player no longer is held to the same standard. One of my biggest breakthroughs on making habits that worked was laying down perfectionism as I to, as a tool that I drew my plans with. Um, I realized that perfectionism in our plans is more often noticed when we're hunting for the ideal ideal solution. I'm going to call it that. I'm going to go ahead and say that subbing our new working definition for perfectionism with habits is actually most often idealism. One of my biggest breakthroughs on making habits that worked and actually served me at my current skill in my current season was when I laid down idealism. Idealism isn't helpful because it can be, and it actually could be downright deadly to our plans because it has us crafting unrealistic strategies for change. When I start with an ideal solution or an ideal habit for this problem, um, I quickly notice all the limits in my life that my current season inhibit me from executing that ideal plan. Then disappointment starts to creep in for me when I realize my limits of my season, whether it's a tight budget or small kids or jobs we don't like or a spouse who's not on board. (laughs) When I let that idealism, like disappointment, that my ideal plan, aka perfect plan, um, is not realistic for my current season, blame often starts to creep in for me. And it's easy for me to say like, you and you or you are the reason, even if it's like a tight budget, metaphorically you, are the reason I can't do, I can't change because that plan won't work because of you. Um, it's easy to go to a place where you're pointing fingers at all the limits of your life instead of focusing on other strategies you could come up with that you wouldn't run into those same limits. When we start to blame our inability to execute our grand plans or wonderful new idealistic habits powerlessness can rush in and steal the wind from our sails. This is still me reading my journal, if you haven't been able to tell. (laughs) Sometimes I actually mostly write while I'm walking or running. So it's kind of funny. I'm like, let's see if it gets interesting in a second. Um, Anyways, getting back to it. All the excitement I felt when I sat down with my new tool to build a habit is snuffed out when I start feeling powerless to the limits of my season. Don't let idealism for solutions and idealism for habits steal your power. Yes, you have very real limits in your current season, but we all do. The power lies in staying and you staying creative to find something you can do in this season instead of wasting time playing the blame game. Yes. Oh, I'm writing while running. (laughs) Um, Definitely 
Oh gosh, that's so funny. Okay, we're going to end there. I wrote some verbal conscious stuff that would be unhelpful for the point. But I think getting back to the point, like perfectionism for ourselves stops us from taking action. Perfectionism, when it shows up in our plans, becomes idealistic plans. So I'm going to give you an example to hang this on. A lot of times when I'm working with people who want to go after fitness goals or habits, they start with going to the gym. It doesn't actually matter. Like maybe if they've caught the idea that it needs to be offensively small. So they're like, I'm going to go twice a week for 20 minutes. I'm like, cool. But realistically, the gym, because they have small children or a spouse or a busy, you know, nine to five job is probably unhelpful. Like it's actually, and even if it sounds hard, you know, like it's probably an idealistic plan. You probably need to scale it back to like, okay, let's take the gym is like step 12 in this plan of going after fitness. What can you do? at work? Can you walk around your building at lunch? Can you do five minutes at your house? And a lot of times people are like, literally like, but I don't want to. And really it's like, that doesn't sound as impressive, substantial or fun or motivating. I'm like, totally. But dial in consistency before you go for the ideal plan. It's almost like, to me, I almost feel like I'm earning the gym. (laughs) I'm going to so fall in love with moving my body and have it so like, be so consistent, like that my muscle flexing my muscle of showing up is so my knee-jerk reaction that I get to go to the gym in a couple months when I've really gone after this. So my point is don't let perfectionism that often masquerades as excellent or idealism for the habits we want to creep steal your power or prevent you from starting. There's always something you can do So when you realize it's almost like, okay, great, shoot for the moon, going to the gym three days a week is your ideal. Now scale it back six steps. What are you going to do right now at your home that works within your current limit life boundaries that will get you to that goal, even if you're not there yet, or you can't do that in this season? There's always there's always a solution. You just have to get more creative. And sometimes I look at my what my ideal solution is and like, oh, what are some information in there? So like, for instance, going to the gym, I like external accountability. I like getting out of my house. So then maybe like, oh, could I potentially, what I did was, could I start um, doing walks? Like if I want to get outside out of my house, because that feels less, more interesting. I did walks with friends once or twice a week, because if someone's there, I know there's accountability. It feels like a hangout instead of a coffee. I don't do coffee dates anymore. I do walks because we're walking and talking. Um, So I actually use my idealistic solution or habit to get helpful information for the habit that works right now as my starter step. Like maybe that's my goal one day, but what information does it hold instead of just ignoring it or being sad that's not in my grasp? Like what info does it hold that I can mine to use to build a habit that would actually work right now? So that's it. Don't let perfectionism rob you. And we're going to get into procrastination next. So buckle up, buttercup. Buttercup.